Story 1. Hang on to your wigs. I had just finished my first delicious piece of pastry at the big wedding party for women and children, attended by my mother and me. I was sitting politely next to mother and behaving myself in anticipation of more goodies to be offered by the hostesses. I was admiring the huge dishes filled with cakes and candies on the table on the far side of the elaborately decorated guest room when I heard a sudden loud cry from the adjoining small room. That was where the bride was being prepared for the ceremony. I left the party room into which more women and children dressed in their best party clothes were still being ushered and ran toward the source of the cry. It was the bride, nine-year-old Afshan, who had, under the stern and embarrassed gazes of her mother and grandmother, stopped crying aloud now but was still sobbing incessantly. Until a couple of months earlier, she had played with me and a few other children almost every week, while her mother and mine, long-time close friends, exchanged visits. We, the younger kids, loved this pretty and happy playmate who was always ready to lend us her toys. I had never seen her cry before, which had made me believe that kids didn't cry when they reached her age. The reason for Afshan's crying was not her reluctance to marry the 14-year-old neighbor boy whose family, together with hers, had negotiated the match. She wouldn't think of disobeying her father, and she wasn't in a position to appreciate the enormity of the step that was being taken for her. But the idea of separation from her lovely Persian cat was something she was not yet ready to accept. She was standing in her wedding gown, holding the cat in her arms as tightly as she could, weeping and protesting. Her mother was trying to pry the cat out of her embrace, in preparation for the marriage ritual. You can come back home every day, dear, and visit the cat, she kept saying. The groom's household, which would be Afshan's home at dusk this day, did not allow pet cats. They were a nuisance, the groom's father had said, and they interfered with the clean setting required for his daily prayers. This was an extreme view. Many very religious people, including Afshan's parents, had no problems with cats so long as they were trained and didn't shed too much hair. The faithful just had to make sure that their praying garments were free of cat hair. Afshan's grooming for the duties of adult life had commenced as soon as she turned nine, the age of female responsibility. The corresponding male age of 14 was still very safely far in the future for me and the other boys among Afshan's playmates. We had first viewed it with considerable amusement that Afshan's dress code was now identical to that of the grown-ups. The miniature adult, too, seemed delighted for a while. She was playing dress-up in a big way. But things started to change soon. Her socialization time with the kids was curtailed while her home tutoring for adulthood was given priority. At first, we missed her terribly at our games. Then, we started to get used to the idea. 
When the news of her engagement and imminent wedding came, it wasn't so much a shock as a relief to us. We were healed by what would decades later be rediscovered as a best-selling goal of therapy and termed closure thereafter. Now I was transfixed in the corner of this room with disbelief. Afshan the bride, an adult by definition, was acting like a child. I didn't have much time to contemplate the mystery. My presence in the small preparation room, once noticed, was strongly discouraged. So I went to the courtyard to play with the other little boys and girls, all young enough not only to be allowed to play with the members of the opposite sex, but also to come and go freely between the men's and women's separate guest rooms.